Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. And this is it's Open Shutters. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up? Oh, Since you, last night. <laughs> I'm feeling all fat and sassy. Yeah, we re we recorded our last bonus episode. Well, this You're going to be hearing this on Sunday. What is the date Sunday they're going to be hearing that? April, oh, is that April 11th, Sunday? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, and today is actually April 8th. And uh, last night, April 7th, was when we recorded a tribute to Jessica Walter in the movie play Misty for me. That was fun, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, it was great! <laughs> I'll go, I'll go listen to it. Yes, and you guys, I really wish I can't find anywhere it's streaming. I had bought the movie on YouTube, but it's not a really expensive DVD if you want to buy it. And I think it's a, it's just like three bucks to rent on Vudu and Amazon Prime. I really do recommend the movie. It's a good movie. And speaking of movies, what you've been watching this week? Uh, well, I wanted to mention, because I hadn't got to mention before, uh, me and my partner went and saw The Courier. How was it? With Benedict Cumberbatch. That's a name and a half, isn't it? Cumberbatch. Batch. And then Benedict Arnold. Benedict, ben oh God. I, I love him, though. He is so hot. Like, yeah, it's a, that name is almost something almost I've seen. Benedict. He kind of reminds me of like a younger version of my man. You realize so. it has dick and cum. <laughs> Now he's getting nasty. I know, I, but this whole month's gonna be nasty. That's why we have to. That's why we have to mark our episodes explicit. Yes. <laughs> well, it really is an it was an excellent movie. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but I just want to mention it is about a um, businessman who turns a into a British spy to spy on the Russians in the early '60s in Moscow. So it's got a Cold War type of yes, theme, and right? it's and it is based on the true true events. So. Oh wow! I haven't really watched anything because Lance has been playing this video game and it's kind of like hogging the TV. That bitch! <laughs> I know. He gonna get one of them. They got in. He got in, hogging the damn TV. He got into that that this this video game, and he always says, "Oh, only losers play video games." But then again, then he um. He gets into it. Well, I started, I hadn't finished, but y'all would probably like, I'm sure Lance will even like it, uh, along with even Curtis and everybody, The Irregulars. Oh, he did like Serial Mom. We did watch that. Oh, yeah, Serial Mom. But The Irregulars, I'm sure he'll like because he likes Victorian era stuff and all. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like this kind of twist on kind of like the Sherlock Holmes kind of time, but it's more focused on these, these um, it's not one group of, those... of young people that assist Watson and Holmes. Oh, okay. So there's a bird of mystery. Yes. Oh, one, yeah. It's not one of those period well, pieces. Or crime mystery because there's also like kidnappings and other things. And yeah. I, I just uh, sometimes I just can't take those 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 historical dramas where all these people with British accents sit around the drawing room fanning themselves, saying things like, "I'm so bored." 
Oh no no! This, so is this, the audience. This has a whole paranormal thing going on and everything else. So like, I'm sure Lance will enjoy the hell out of it. My, so will you. My late partner loved those kind of movies. Anything that was period, costume, anything like that. And he used to, he used to um, watch them. I used to call them Fred movies because it was a kind of movie. Uh, one of them he watched. This is supposed to be some great Stanley Kubrick movie called Barry Lyndon. Did you ever see that? Oh, God damn it. That's the most boring movie I've ever uh, seen. And there's a scene where Ryan O'Neill's in it. And it was a Kubrick movie? It was a Kubrick movie. It's, and it's set in the uh, American Revolutionary period or some kind of thing like that. But Ryan O'Neill's son, who's a little boy, is dying. And they they take that death scene and they drag it out so much. And the little kid is going, oh, Papa. When I'm gone, will you? Blah, blah, blah. He's going, yeah, yes. And the, the scene goes on for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I wish this damn kid would die already. You know? <laughs> yeah, at first you're crying because it's this poor child's dying. And then you're like, okay, kid, die. You know? <laughs> oh, God, Lord. I, 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 that was it. I, would never saw, I never saw that movie again. And I usually kind of, if he was watching something like that, I would just go online or something. Now, we did want to talk about taking it from period pieces to in the moment, in the now, like what's going on. Uh, you said you had got to watch the Superstore series finale. So yes, did I. I did. And I was really happy to see American America Forever back. I am yeah. going to say something we may, if you don't want to hear this, skip a little bit because uh, we may give a little bit of spoiler here. Like yeah. Slightly. Because we want to mention this problem of the most timely series finale about what is going on in America, what is going on in the world, what is happening. And they really presented what it was like in that whole in the whole series what it was like to be a retail worker. Yes. And in a in a big box store like Walmart, like a, like like that's what Superstore is kind of based off of. Yes. You know, if you look at the colors and all the stuff going on with that they, they really never came out and expressly said Walmart but it was Walmart. It looked like Walmart. It looked like Walmart. Everything I'll tell you, I worked at two big box retail giant stores. I'm not going to mention their names, but number one and number two yeah. <laughs> of size. And it, it's not an easy job. It is very stressful. It's uh, it, They don't really pay you enough. Yeah. And, and they really did, the series finale really did hit on where we are in the in like i said in the country in the world where we're shifting away from there's not as many like there's gonna be more people doing online or doing like the fulfillment center kind of things and all i mean i'm not trying to give everything away on the finale but that part i am kind of giving away is why it's a finale it's the store yeah. is no longer the store as it was known in the series yeah. it's actually changing and we're seeing that happen in real time in the world around us and you know i'm sad by that because one of the things i always you know i i like oh one thing i did recently watch is the blast blockbuster have you seen that one yet i want to watch that one i hadn't t what would you think about it oh I, as a matter of fact look it's showing oh my God. Right <laughs> we, have, we have the netflix screensaver showing and there's kevin smith holding up a blockbuster video. oh my god that's scary that came across right at the time that's um you know i'm sorry i miss stuff like blockbuster i miss 
you know, I know it's so easy just to, to download something or watch it on YouTube or watch it on Netflix or watch it on HBO Max. But I'm really saddened because I really used to enjoy going to the video store. You'd be frustrated. They wouldn't be, be, you know, they'd be out of it. Now you'd be sitting there waiting for it to come back when the new release. Well, I'm like the last real generation that really knows what that felt like. And now, and I used to love shopping for DVDs. When the DVD era came and people stood buying instead of renting, I used to go uh, Virgin Megastore, which no longer exists. Was in the oh front, my there god, one, that was a fabulous There was store. one in the French Quarter, and the new oh. releases would come out on Tuesday. But if you happened to be there Monday night after midnight, they would, they, you, you would tell them. People, it was like almost like a guild of us that got together that would be at that store. And I had the cab at the time. And there was a cab stand right in front of the Walgreens, right across the street where I could park. And um, I can remember waiting for the, like, the new Buffy season to come out on DVD. <laughs> yes. Or the new 24 season to come out on DVD. Mm. And I, I loved it. It was kind of like, it was, it was like what the drive-in was to me when I was a kid. And we lose it all that. And it's, it's not only the pandemic, it's, we're getting to be a stay-at-home society now. Everybody just locks themselves in their house. They have everything they need. We even have our groceries delivered if we need them. And I don't know. I like going to the grocery store. I like pinching the melons to see if they're ripe. Don't you? Yeah. I still... Okay, okay. Talking about places that things might... Experiences might not happen. I love actually going to the bookstore and actually picking out my calendar for the year every year, you know? But they say that's a thing that younger people aren't doing. They're not buying, like, wall calendars. Oh, I just... I, I, just I like went, a wall calendar. I went born to Noble Estate... Uh, open forever. But you know, we do have a new bookstore. Did you know that? No, nobody told me about this. Tell oh, me. On the Legion Fields in St. Claude, in, right next to... It's where that daiquiri shop used to be across the street. What is the road. it? It's called Baldwin and Company, and it's a bookstore and coffee shop combined. Ooh. You remember like Upstart Crow? You remember Upstart Crow? It was okay. kind of like that. I have to go check that and, out. Uh, and the um, the old... It's next to the old Jeans Po' Boys. It was the daiquiri shop. Oh, wow. And it's a, a bookstore, co cafe, coffee shop, like oh. like a Starbucks with books. Oh, we have to go. We have, we, to we go have together. Got, we got to go. We got to go after we record. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of shout outs. Yeah. I, I just, well, we did a shout out to uh, the um, these different podcasts that had also done a Play Misty for Me episode. I did those on the Play Misty for Me episode. So I really don't have to do them again. But I also want to say hey to Shaughnessy and... And Justin, of don't Love look you, under Sean the bed. And Justin. And uh, I got I, I, I got reacquainted with a lady I knew in the '90s, and it comes it, it coincides with the theme of this this month's uh, shows, this month's uh, series. She wrote a, a play. Her name is Amy Rubin, and she wrote a play called The District. And um, it was about Storyville. And it was uh, she, we did a scene, couple of scenes of it from for Drama Rama. Do you remember Drama Rama? I don't know if you were around for Drama Rama. Mm -hmm. Drama Rama was a big, I used to call it like the Jazz Fest of theater, and it was performing arts. People would would submit, you know, pieces of their plays, scenes from their plays, and I had my way at show, which was actually episodes, and I would submit that, and and, and you and you would direct it, and they give you a space to use, and you'd direct it, and 
you know, you'd hire the actors and direct it and everything. And if any money came up, they'd usually just give it to the actors. Now, Amy had written one called The District, and she sent me some sides. She ma mailed them to my house. I loved the script when I read it. You know how that, when, I, I don't know if you've ever done any acting. Oh, someone I was younger. There's some actors out there, you know when you get that script and you go, my God, I have to do this. I have to do this. <laughs> and as a result, I always did a lot of research whenever I had a role. I, I was that kind of actor. I wanted to know everything about my character. So I started researching and reading about Storyville. I read a book by Al Rose called Storyville, New Orleans. I was mesmerized. And I have been interested in the red light district ever since. And that is why we're doing a whole month on it this year. Oh, yeah. This this month, this year. We're doing a whole month of April is on it. Tonight's episode is about one of the madams. And uh, so... um. She was, uh, she was a very, very intense director, I gotta say. She was really tough. And, uh, but actually, I always felt like that made me a better actor. So I got back with her and I told her we were doing this series. And she said, She's gonna listen. She goes, But I'll have you know, I'm gonna be your toughest critic. I said, Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, Amy, if you're out there, I hope that I, uh, all we respect you and I hope that you enjoy what we're doing and I hope that we make you proud. So what else we got? You got some obits, don't you? Yes, I Bring do. Bring on the obits. I do. Let me get my obits together. Okay, I think we're way too excited about dead people. Ah, uh, well, okay. So we're going to start with, we did Jessica Walter last night. We did a whole episode. Yeah, really. That go go listen to that, that episode if y'all haven't That is the first chance. time we have done anything, a whole episode of, of, an, of an obit, but then we watched... Her very first breakout movie. So we're going to start with Gloria Henry, who played Alice Mitchell, the mom of the titular, cow, titular character in the sitcom Dennis and Menace. She died April 4th at 98. Aww. She used to do, she, she was, uh, she's done shows like Perry Mason, The Files of Jeffrey Jones. I never heard of that one. But it was a starring role as Dennis's warm-hearted mother in a comedy based on a long-running comic strip. Where most people know her, and she appeared in all 40, 146 episodes from 1959 to 1963. You weren't even thought of, were you? Yeah, I've seen her on Syndicate, though. Oh, yeah, it, it, was so it comes really... on like MeTV and stuff, or something like that. And then we have uh, we, the next one we're going to do is Richard Gillian. He's a veteran character actor whose credits include Designing Women 24, Desperate Housewives. And he died March 18th after a brief illness. And so what the illness was. He was 71 years old. And he was married to Jean Smart of Designing Women. Who played Charlene. I remember, yeah. remember it's Charlene and that's Charlene. And, uh, but he was on the TV show. He played the love interest of Annie Potts' Mary Jo. Yes. He was married to Charlene. And... Uh, you know, Smart always quipped. I met him when he was kissing someone else. So <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace, Richard. Aww. And the last one, uh, all of uh, the baby boomers and Generation Xers will probably know this lady, Beverly Cleary. She was a children's author, iconic children's author. And she, um, do you remember her? You ever read any of her books? Um, yeah, no, my mom was a school teacher, so she had us, like, I'm... I mean, 
She read all kinds of books to us, but she definitely, my mom was all about her. So, so uh, yeah, she, she um, the, the, uh, Henry Huggins and uh, Beezus and, and Ramona, the mouse and the motorcycle. She died March 25th in Carmel, uh, California. Ironically, that's where the movie we saw last oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> and she had lived there since the 60s, so she must have had a ton of a hippie out there. She was 104 years old. That's that's a, that's a full life. That's and she was for iconic characters, the, the children's books characters, and uh, it first published in 1950. And she has 40 plus novels still in print. I'm sure, there's probably millennials have read her books too. She, they've been a standard in schools for the past what, 70 years. Yeah. Well, talking about the dead. I need to talk about a couple of things that have been going on in the world. You mean before your um, oh, wait, your dead well, obits, your well, dead horoscope? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's been kind of keeping up with international news, uh, some interesting things have been going on in Egypt. Egypt? Yeah, first off, they moved the mummies from one location to another, and it was a full-on procession parade. Oh, I just thought of a stupid joke. I was they, we could write a book about called Mummy Dearest. <laughs> they had, <laughs> yeah, it was stupid, really huh? interesting. They actually had them in these, 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 these kind of cart movable things. They were moving them, and it was decorated, you know, with, mm -hmm. like, the, the Egyptian motifs, and it would have the name of whatever the mummy was, like, the actual pharaoh or queen or whoever was, was on there, and they're moving to their new location of resting, where they're going to be. So that that in itself, I just wanted to mention, was extremely... Yeah, why do they have to move the mummies? Weren't they I, okay where they want? I don't know, but they had to be careful, so these things, there was very climate control, these little the things they were carrying them in, the little vehicles. But there's another piece of news, archaeologically, that came out today. The lost golden city of Luxor has now been discovered, and Egypt has now released that information that they have discovered. Oh, so I am also wondering. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in that. That's. I'm also wondering, like, when these discoveries, things like this, happen, what have what have we opened up? You know. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what new curses might be unleashed on the world? Okay, but it is still on on another level, though. It is very intriguing that all of this is going on. So. Wow. That is just too much. So I, I didn't know. So you had you had you heard of any of that going on? I, I haven't really read the news look it on that. I got to look it up. I'm gonna have to read some more about it. Oh yeah, because it's very entertaining. All of this is going on like right now. So yeah. what what does this hold for 2021? It's what I've got to say. I don't know. I think the whole decade of the 2020s. <laughs> I got a joke about how all the calamities of the of the 19 of the 2020s was accidentally put into one year. <laughs> <laughs> so, before you get to the, um, you want to talk about the Patreon account? Yeah, so yeah, we have a Patreon account. Uh, we have uh, different tiers of, we have different tiers of membership on Patreon. Uh, we have the, uh, what I've, I've, uh, our entry level is Antoinette Frank. And with that, you get early access to episodes and several other perks. Uh, Mid-tier is the Axe Man. 
But our top tier, Madame Lalaure. All our tiers are named after notorious New Orleanians. That's where you get all the good stuff. That one's, but that one's twenty-five dollars a month. But you get all kinds of great stuff, and we really need you guys. We really need support really bad now. We just bought a new laptop, and we're in debt for it. <laughs> we making payments on it because our laptop that we we were using just wasn't cutting it anymore. It was old and cranky, and it finally decided to say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> That's what he so, said. So anyway, it's uh, www.patreon.com/openshutters, and uh, go there and you can see our content. You can unlock anything you want. We're gonna have a lot of, but we don't have a whole lot of bonus content right now. We had an illness because of um, we were gonna put our Sybil episode on there, and then I thought about putting the play Misty for me one on there, but I wanted that one to be a public. But starting next week, we're going to have a lot of bonus episodes. We're going to have one about Storyville itself. Yep. We're going to do one about um, about the history of prostitution. Going all the way back. All the way back. All the way back to, to, to the ancient Rome, to the Internet age. And then we're going to go, we, we also do one about the history of porn, which also is going to go all the way back. And on the history of porn, we might even do a little segment in there also as part of it, not just the history, but talk about the future of what sex industry and porn industry could become. And you know what's ironic is next week's madam, Lulu White, was one was a very early porn model. Yes. Which we're going to touch more on that next week. But first, don't you have some horoscopes? Oh, Yes. It's time for y'all to belly up to the speakeasy bar. Oh. Because we got the poison cocktail menu. But you know our story deal is, is like before Prohibition. It it's before that. Mm-hmm. But it could just be the brothel. It could even be a brothel um, uh, bar, whatever. But yeah. it's time to belly on up. The thing is, maybe you should have been nicer to your prostitute. I knew bar Maybe you should have. Well, y'all, you should always tip your bartender. Always and, tip your bartender. I used your to servers. be a bartender, yes. and you yes, you have no idea what that job entails. Tip your bartender. Yes, but yeah, maybe maybe you should you should have taken better care. Maybe you should have left a better tip for your prostitute because she's now told the bartender to carry out her plans to poison you. Oh, good for her. So let's talk about how you're going to die. Let's read the poison cocktail menu and what each sign is going to be served. <sighs> Starting out with Aries. Oh, That's our sister podcast. That's our sister girls. That's yes, our sister Justin girls. Justin and Shaughnessy. All right, what's happening? Yeah, it's, y'all, it's, y'all, it's y'all birthday month, I heard. Yes. Yeah, well, we're in Aries now because I heard them say that when I was listening to the last episode. Yes, so y'all are being served up a margarita with a cyanide sugar rim. Oh, cyanide sugar. Yeah. They wouldn't even get to drink that. They just put their lips on it and they're going. Pretty much. (laughs) Taurus. The bull. How how are we going to kill that bull? (laughs) We actually... (laughs) Cosmopound 1080. Oh. So basically a cosmopolitan with cos- compound 1080, That's which is an animal bowl. neurotoxin. Why don't we just throw in some uh, Everclear 195? Actually, the compound 1080, if you're not aware, if people aren't aware of it, as a poison, it actually can, when it kills and it's in there, it can actually live inside like the body of the host for 
or not well it's not toxin it's not living but it can stay in there it can be toxic for up to a year inside the body so when the worms oh, crawl up in there it kills the worms too I guess. You heard that little nursery rhyme? The worms crawl in. The, the worms, worms crawl, crawl out. The in your stomach and out your mouth. <laughs> I love that song. They <laughs> used that on. They used that on Babadook. I think the uh, movie Babadook. I haven't <laughs> seen Babadook. I gotta <gasps> see it. Oh. I know how this one. I want to watch. Yeah, maybe watch even after the podcast, we could watch it. What's that one? Uh, what what lies? What's beneath? What lies beneath or something? What lies below? What lies below? What that what girl finds out her mom married that like you just saw. Uh huh. That's what she was looking at. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like too, I, I like the mystery thing too. too. But well, I was looking at that. We had Gemini. And looking at all that shit. We made it to Gemini. You know who that is. That's yeah. our Ross. Ross, yeah, and he's working his new job. That's what I forgot to talk about. I got a new job. Yeah, well, yeah, go take him. Yeah, I'll be selling tours. Yeah, him and on the street. Uh, well, well, we're doing that. <laughs> I'm yep. working the streets. <laughs> not like you hadn't done that before. Uh, oh, stop, stop, stop! I'm not Sue Ann Nivens. Come on, <laughs> Law. Why can't you be? No. You know, my favorite Sue Ann Nivens line is when she's telling Mary they doing Mary's in charge of something. Mary Richards is in charge of doing changes in the station. She's you're gonna have to get them get better paint for the men's room. And Mary says, Sue Ann, did you, did you crash the men's room? She says, of course not, dear. I went as someone's guest. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. Betty White. Yes, I love some Betty White. <laughs> well, Gemini, Moscow mule with a hint of ricin. Ooh. Well. You know, you just made my stomach explode hearing that. Yeah. Well, I think this whole list is either making people gasp for air, making them vomit, Making them shit themselves. This whole list is making people do something, you know. But they're all, for one thing for sure, they're all going to die. They're gonna die, okay. <laughs> or at least end up on a respirator. So we're all killing people and putting them on respirators. Yep. Cancer. Oh. Oh yeah, we came for you. It's bad enough my sign's named after a dreaded disease. Your amatoxin sour. Ugh. I'm not drinking no amatoxin sour. I ain't drinking that. You're familiar with amatoxin, aren't you? I want. I try to keep myself unfamiliar. It with comes amatoxin. from. It comes from the death cap mushroom. Oh, Spain. oh, Rod loves mushrooms. Mm-hmm. He's giving me a dirty look because he. Well, just but you're the, the one. He's not a cancer. You are. He just. Came so that's in how from you work. dying. Okay? He just came in from. He's work. dying. He he's, hates mushrooms. He's dying from the ricin. You're dying from the. I got a mushroom pizza one time, and he went to bite my head off. Well, now we're at Leo. That's that's Curtis. That's Curtis, and that's and Curtis my, is back that, home with us, that's y'all. My second, so yeah, and he's doing great. And he's doing really. And it, but now, now I'm going to kill him off. <laughs> you kill him off after he came home. Yeah, with a Pim's cup of botulinum. With a little, little cucumber in it, huh? <laughs> little cucumber. A little pickle. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have the botulinum in it, and you put a little extra botulinum on the cucumber. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, oh. you do. Oh, <laughs> Raj just walked through and talked about it. Said, dropped. Oh, Lord. I don't even. I don't know about little Ooh. pickles. I usually get Ooh. them big old dills in the convenience oh, store. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Cucumber. Virgo. Virgo. You get a hemlet. Basically, a hemlock gimlet is what it is. It's called a hemlet. Hmm. Isn't that precious? 
You didn't have a beer for Virgo. My dad was a beer drinker. Well, no, this is cocktails. And it's also, uh, if people don't realize, we're in one of the reasons. I know what a gambler is. One of the reasons. This is a martini with an onion. That's all. One right. of the reasons I wanted to do, because of the oh, series. Oh, no, 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 that's a Gibson. I'm because sorry. of the series this month with the New Orleans Madams, and the reason I wanted to do, on one of the weeks, this poison cocktail menu is because New Orleans is the home. Of the cocktail. Of course, yeah. Exactly, so that's the whole reason why. The Sazerac And also, what we're going to be talking about, a lot of these um, madams we're going to talk about, we're going to actually on this bunch of Storyville, a lot of it was about liquor sales, was huge at one point in Storyville. I want to have a quick story after you finish the, the, uh, about my, a bartending experience. Okay, sure, definitely. But finish your horoscopes first. Libra. That was your mama. That was my mama. Well, we got a Fox Glove French 75. Fox Glove French 75. That sounds like something she would enjoy. It's, it's probably... It's probably she'd probably nice. feed it to my dad. Does she like champagne? That's like kind of one of the ingredients. I don't think she really likes champagne. You know what but she likes? But it's mixed with... She yeah. likes things like pina coladas and strawberry daiquiris. Those are the kind of drinks she likes. Oh. The frou frou lady drinks, <laughs> and she liked them even better if they didn't have any liquor. She just liked the sweetness. Oh, okay. She was a sugar mama. <laughs> oh, that's precious. Scorpio. Ooh, that's uh, you. Huh? Yeah, y'all getting the lily of the Vucare. Oh, lily of the valley. Yeah, which it's lily. not those little those little those little oh, bellflowers are toxic. Sagittarius. That's my man. <laughs> Oh, what are we going to do to him this week? He's getting a strict nine Sazerac. <laughs> that man, he got kicked up by King Kong. Now he's getting a strict nine Sazerac. Actually, my story's about the Sazerac. Wait, huh? let, me, let me explain why I had to give him strict nine. He'd, he'd like to say it, pronounce it saying strict mean. Is because he was, he, he, he at night, he'll go, he'll go to bed and watch TV, and I'll still be up watching TV in the, other, in the living room. Mm-hmm. What does he put on at night to go to bed to? Poirot. Oh. David Chichette. Yeah, you know it's about Poirot? Yeah. Well, there was an episode, because when I was trying to figure this out, just so happened they had an episode where somebody died of strychnine, but he said strychnine, the character. Oh. So Jim likes to say strychnine. Oh, I shouldn't know to say his name. Oh, well. Well, let King Kong pick him up and throw him. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> and eventually it was going to come out. I ain't giving his last name, but Jim is his name. <laughs> I ain't even gonna kill him with strychnine. Capricorn. Oh, that's that Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah, you got it now. That's your man, huh? Oh, geez. Yeah, Mr. Video Game. Well, what we serving him? <laughs> that's why we haven't watched anything. <laughs> I know. He's, he's well, hijacked. Well, don't worry. You might get to watch stuff now because we're serving up him up in Oleander fashion. Oh. Oh, Leander. Yes. He's got a friend named Leander. I, guess so. I know. I kind of kind of put a jab there with that. <laughs> <laughs> Aquarius. Oh, actually, I think Leander is a fan of the podcast. I think he listens. Actually, I have no problem with Leander. I put Le- a jab. He's the online. jab was that Le- Leander, if you are listening, we actually appreciate you. We, oh, thought, we, love we you. thought you'd get a kick out the joke. But Le- Le- she could I, kill I think Leander has been, I think he's he's on one of in one of the um, Facebook groups. I think it's the official page for Open Shows at Creek Podcast. Oh yeah. Well, we appreciate you, Leander. Yeah. We hope we got the joke and enjoyed it. That was it. Was, definitely was fun. <laughs> you say you got a shout out. Yes, <laughs> we gave him a shout out. Aquarius. 
Ooh, y'all. We getting y'all with an arsenic martini. And it's going to be dry. A dry. dry arsenic martini. And put them in a dry grave. And it's kind of funny because if you actually abbreviate arsenic martini, you get AM, which means morning. Mm-hmm. So there's probably an Aquarius that you're going to probably have to have that drink prepared for them in the morning. They're already starting to drink that early. Well, as long uh, as it's after midnight, it's AM. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. There you go. Pisces. That I love fish. my Pisces people. That's why you want to kill them. This this goes out. Actually, this goes out to my face. Some of my favorite ones. I got y'all a Tetra Doni. It's basically a Negroni with pufferfish toxin. Oh God. Yes. Pufferfish so, does not sound. Appetizing. So we're basically telling you, fuck you with the fugu. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we break for the commercial, I want to tell you guys a little bartending story. I was working at a restaurant in a quarter, and I was. It was a private party. And I was asked to do a Sazerac presentation. Oh. So I'm sitting all there showing them how you do the Sazerac and how you coat yeah. the glass with the Pernod and all of them. Making jokes. Now my jokes I'm making, which I know are funny as hell. And they're not laughing. They're just staring at me and they're saying, Furfergluggen. I'm like, what the fuck is a Furfergluggen? So finally, I, I, I asked the tour guide, the, the, the concierge that was doing that. I said, what's wrong with these people? Why are they not laughing at my jokes? She says, oh, I forgot to tell you. They don't speak English. I said, well, no wonder they think I'm a furfurglugan. And I'm standing up here talking to them in English, laughing <laughs> at my own jokes, and they don't know a freaking thing I said. So furfurglugan must mean dumbass, an idiot or something. I can't believe such a thing. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to our Barry Marino Crafts Creation commercial, and then we're going to be right back with Josie Arlington, a notorious Storyville madam. In case some of y'all remember, I have another business that's finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. You know about that oh, one, don't yeah, you? it's wonderful. I have made afghans, table runners, you've seen some of my work, hats, scarves, and much more. And more coming weekly. You know what the great thing is? We sell holiday items all year round, so you'll not have to wait till that time of year to order what you will like and enjoy. You can buy your presents oh, and get I love your it. shopping done early. Uh, thanks to our Oz, Will, it is an easy, interactive website to see what has been posted. And guess what we finally got? We finally got line, a, a line of candles. Oh, nice. yes! And we will have wonderful scents for the holidays that just for seasons. A holiday line will have something special. Like right now, we have purple, green, and gold Mardi Gras fan candles. And guess what, Philip? What? We put a king cake baby inside You the got candle. to put the king cake baby in there. So, uh, yeah, and it's so cool. They're so pretty. I wish that we were actually on YouTube right now so we could show them. But anyway, you can go there on our site if you want to see them. BarryMarinoCraftCreations.com B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. I wanted to spell the whole thing out so that nobody, everybody gets it right Definitely. when they want to come to it. All righty, thank you. 
Philip, what's up? Hi, we back. Uh, what did you think? We have a, we starting our new series today. It's called The Shady Ladies of New Orleans. Ooh, sultry. Dirty. Dirty. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're sexy, too. Sexy. Um, we talking, first of all, um, we're going to do this whole this whole season. We're taking a different madam. Three of them are going to be from Storyville itself. The last one's going to be what was known as the last madam. She's an interesting one, too. Oh, yeah. But she's post-Storyville. Now, we also this week going to do a um, uh, some bonus episodes for our Patron patrons. And we're going to do, one of them's going to be the history of Storyville itself and how it started and, when it, and, 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 and all the different types of brothels that were there and things like that. The second one is going to be the history of prostitution itself, which we're going to go way, 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 way back into the Roman times when, you know, it's, you know it is the oldest profession. Actually, oh, that's what I, might, yeah. I might title the episode that, The Oldest Profession. You should. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the, the, the la another one we're going to do is the history of pornography. Now, I, I watched a really good good documentary about that, and I think it's on, on one of the – I think it's on one of the apps, one of the Roku apps. We're going to try and find it. But I might even be able to get the DVDs. It was really good. It's like a four-part British yeah. – documentary but it goes all the way back all the way to this one was was made in the late 90s so it goes about as far as it doesn't get to Pornhub and all that yet but it goes about as far as to the internet porn and we'll also we'll also on both the prostitution and on the pornography uh, um, episodes will actually even um, speculate on what the future could be yes for both. Uh, yes we will now every week we have we, we we doing this month we're doing a different madam. Uh, this week we're doing her madam is Josie Arlington. You ever heard her? You know who she is? Oh huh? yes. Yeah, she's probably one of the most infamous Storyville madams, and she was born Mary Dubler in New Orleans, and about eight. And they say about 1864. Nobody knows for sure when her birthday was, what year, what date, anything. But you know, back in those days, they, they, they were home births. And there, you know, there, were, there was a midwife, and it, well, the midwives back then weren't the, profe the healthcare professionals they are today. The midwives were some woman in the neighborhood that just would deliver the babies, and uh, they didn't keep a whole lot of records. And a lot of the children didn't live either. And she never married. So when she was about seventeen, she fell in love with a man named Philip. Ah, your name? Oh, Phillip one L and two L's. Hold on, Philip Lebrano. Well, one L. Okay, good. Then it ain't mine. I have You're two. You're two. Okay. I have two. <laughs> Philip Lobrano, and he was what they called the sporting man. You know, a sporting man is pretty much a pimp, I guess. Because she worked in various... She was with him for nine years, and she worked in various brothels on Custom House and Basin. And she used the name Josie Alton. Now, um... Around 1888, she's now calling herself Josie Lobrano, and she's, um... She operated a house at no, number 172 Custom House. And then when Storyville was established in 18, 1898, she opened her big four-story mansion brothel on Basin Street. It was called the Arlington. Now, there's legends about how she became a prostitute. One of them says that it was the only way she knew to support her family because she was uneducated. Another one says that she went out 
one night and she got home too late. She missed curfew and the parents like, so she went back to the front quarter and started hooking. Gotta work the street. That <laughs> one is, I'm not sure about how, how yeah, true that's that a little, is. yeah. And it, that one's used, a lot of people still use that. And it's also, um, it was actually used by some Pentecostal churches. Some excuse why we need family values because of what happened to Josie. Oh my god, that was just this pathetic commercial ad that came on, you know, in the um, you know, the local station at two o'clock in the morning kind of thing. With, oh, I know, pay ten dollars for airtime. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> think I believe that one. So, she opened the Arl uh, the Arlington. Now, the uh, the custom house brothel was really, really quarrelsome. And it was one of the toughest houses in the area. A lot of, a lot of really nasty hoes, <laughs> we call them. And, um, but she made so much money from this, she was able to open that classy mansion on Basin Street. And she used this, uh, you know, she, she, she supported her entire family during this as a, as a prostitute. And uh, the brawling fighting within her house, there was brawling fighting and her lover, Labrado, shot Peter Dubler, her brother, in the duel. And she was pissed off at him and would not have anything to do with him. So she changed her name to Arlington. And there's also a legend that she stayed in the Arlington Hotel in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and she loved the hotel, that she named it herself after that. So um, she became Josie Arlington, and she's a, she was a hot-tempered brunette. She was, she was a little firecracker pepper. So when Storyville finally was erected, she opened her, her brothel at 225 Basin Street. This was a four-story mansion with numerous bay windows, a tulip-domed capula. What's a capula? Exactly. What is it? Capula. Coppola. Coppola. Keep going and I'll look it up for you. Okay, fine. She had fireplaces in wondering. all of the rooms. And according to her uh, advertising, the work of great artists from Europe and America, and many articles from various expositions. Now she uh, she had about 10, 20 girls working for her at the time, and double that during Mardi Gras. And Arlington was was reputed to be the most decorative, costly, fitted out sporting palace ever placed before the American public. Now. Um, I knew a lady that was a fellow tour guide, and we were at a party one time, and she was talking about, she was an old, she was an older lady, older than me. She was, I was in my 50s, and she was probably about in her 70s. And she was telling me about her grandpa told her that he used to go to sporting houses, and she thought that sporting houses were like a sports bar, where they would go and bet on, on, you know, on the track and everything. And when she found out what a sporting house really is, she says, whoa, Grandpa was a dirty old man, wasn't he? So I found it. What kind of cupola did she it's have? It's a tulip dome. Oh, so that was actually pretty... Um, okay, tulip dome. I'm wondering, actually, who may have designed that, actually. I know. Because what it is, is it's basically... Um, it's basically part of a dome structure. It emits like light, light and air and stuff. Oh. It's really something pretty. It's actually an ornate fixture. So it made the building actually quite pretty, actually. Now, she had one of the most high-class houses in, in, in Storyville, and Arlington uh, catered to a lot of eccentricity, specialties, and kinky tastes. And she even had circuses in which sex acts were publicly performed, providing specialists for fetishes. And she, was she was kanky. She was kanky. She was a kanky girl. Yeah. 
Now, um, you know, once they, you know, they would be in there and they'd have the polite introductions and the drinking and the social nonsense and they'd be in the parlor and they'd pay and they'd, then they'd go in the room and they'd, you know, like pee on each other and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a golden shower. Now you see why we are explicit. We marked explicit. Golden huh? showers. So she, Ar she, uh, she operated the Arlington <laughs> By the uh, for about 10 years. She, it was one of the smoothest running houses she was a good businesswoman and she spent $35,000 to have a private residence constructed $35,000 in the early 20th century that's that's quite a bit and I built a house on Esplanade Avenue now there was a fire in 2005 and it caused extensive damage so she moved down the street to Basin Room to these rooms above Tom Anderson's saloon Tom Anderson was an alderman he, he was like a city councilman type of situation. And they used to call him the mayor of Storyville. And he owned a, he, he owned a club, a, a bar, a saloon. So she moved her operation of, over his saloon. And it became known as the Arlington Annex until they reconstructed her brothel. So they had a fire in 1905. Now that makes you wonder, did that yeah. fire move to other buildings? That, they, mo they moved, they, they, she moved to operations to the building above Tom Anderson's saloon. And I understand the mayor that. of Storyville is what they used to call Tom I Anderson. I know, I'm going to have to look We're going to learn more about him in the Storyville episode. I have to look up that fire from the and, paper. Um, so anyway, um, he was one of her closest friends. And um, she retired in 1909. And Tom Anderson bought a large portion of her business. But after the fire, she started getting a little. She she was kind of moody, and she didn't mm. like people. She was she wasn't really getting getting to be really unpleasant to be around. Mm. And when she retired, her knee with her niece, and and half Splanade Mansion. She died on February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, to twenty to uh, nineteen fourteen. And it was three years before the Storyville closed and Arlington closed. Now um. When she retired, uh, when she died, this is what I find really interesting. She was, so she was born in 1864. She was only in her early 50s. She was 50 years old. She died of dementia. Mm. And I guess a woman 50 years old, or a man, a person 50 years old, back then, would have been equivalent to maybe someone in their 80s today. True, you know, we're talking a hundred years ago. What's ironic is, is uh, um, her fire was a hundred almost exactly a hundred years before Hurricane Katrina. And do they did you ever find out what they claim she actually died of? Just the same, it was no, yeah, well, from what I've read and seen in the past, it was some sort of dementia. Hmm. She was, she's, and, and a lot of them think it was brought on. She may have today, we know a lot of times dementia can be caused by many strokes, and the stress from that fire. Yeah. Could have brought on some mini strokes, or maybe brought on a stroke that she didn't even know she had. Because that's what happened to my mom. My mom had a couple of mini strokes, and it did some damage to her brain that was progressive. Right. And that's why she went into the dementia thing. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things Josie always wanted was to be a member of society. She tried to join the social clubs. She tried to join all these carnival crews, and these snooty uptown women would not let her in. Uptown bitches. Yeah, them uptown bitches. So she decided that if she couldn't be one of them in life, she was going to be one of them in death. So she purchased a small plot on a small hill and erected a red marble tomb in Metairie Cemetery. 
and it's topped by two blazing pillars. Look at that picture. I mean, they have to post this picture. Oh yeah, it was a beautiful. And there's a um, it was you know a blaze is in row and there's a a, a a young girl, a bronze statue of a girl holding roses, trying to get in the door. And some people think that what that symbolizes. One of her rules of her brothel was that no girl was ever going to. She would not deflower a virgin on her on her property because some of the some of the, the the houses would they would present girls that weren't virgins as virgins. If you ever saw that movie Pretty Baby, they do that. But please don't base Storyville history on that movie because it was. So you really, better bring in took experience. a lot. You, it took a lot of. Um, they took a lot of liberties with the with with the history and everything. They even filmed it in the garden district. So, so she, you're saying she believed you needed to come with an experienced yeah, flower? Yeah, yeah. I know one thing. Lay, I was telling you about them being getting the show. Amy, she hates that movie because she oh. says this, this is nothing but lies. So anyway, um, the tomb was an amazing piece of uh, funeral art, and it was designed by an eminent architecture named Albert Weiblin. Weiblin. And it cost her a small fortune. Supposedly it cost her $5,000, which would have been something like $100,000 in today's money. And it created a scandal, she said, but it was worth it. Tongues wagged all over the city, and people, mostly women, complained that Josie should not be allowed to be buried in Mary Cemetery. But New Orleans, <laughs> they don't care. She had the money. She was getting the tomb. So what happened is, is... um. The tomb has a little controversy and it has a little legend too. Some uh, people seem to think that um, it was uh, there was a, a traffic light or something that would shine on the tomb and it would shine a bright red because it was this pink marble. And um, she is the most famous of the, of the Sturyville madams. Yeah, the red light installed on the road behind it, and so her remains. Um, Later, her remains were moved to an unmarked grave in the same territory. In the same territory. <laughs> it's almost like live radio, isn't it? In the same cemetery. She, um... She, now, there's many different stories on why she removed. Some say the family was outraged because there were so many tourists wanting to see the tomb of the most, most notorious Storyville madam in history. Others, there's another story that her niece married her lover and they sold all assets and moved her out to the Morales family. Because it's now owned by the Morales family. And supposedly there's nobody left. There's a lady that's actually trying to get Josie moved back into her tomb. But the problem is, is the Morales family, there's none of them left. The last one there is died in 1970. It's the last burial they had there. But what I find interesting is, look at the name on there. Look at the name. J.A. Morales. What does J.A. stand for? Josie Arlington. Do you think maybe she might still be in there and they just said they moved her? Maybe they didn't move her? Hmm. Well, no. I mean, if she got moved, there may be documentation of her. Got, you need to check that because there may be documentation of her having been moved. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people who would have believe. those records. The coroner would have those records, or the maybe the cemetery, cemetery would itself. have those records. The cemetery itself would have the records. Now, so. um, there's all kinds of. Um, Roz just dropped something. <laughs> did you drop it? No, it was over there. It was over there. Uh, 
Well, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> anyway, um, people really just were just coming to to to, to gawk at this this view this this tune. Well, there are also some that believe that it was she was removed because the family didn't want people gawking at her tomb, and then there are some that believe that Denise and her married her lover and. They sold off all her assets and sold the tomb and moved her remains. But there is a there are people right now who are trying to get that tomb, get her back in there. I have no idea where she is if she's not in there. But she, you know, she's one of the most famous ballads in, in, in New Orleans and we still talking about her today. Well, since you had to bring up the tomb, I had to look up the tomb. Oh, you did? Oh, I had to look up the tomb. I had okay, to look so up the tomb and the architect. So, he was actually one of the premier companies. He specialized in monuments and burial structures. This is oh. important more than just even Joe. That's why. And I'm he glad you looked this up. Albert yeah. Weebland Marble and Granite Company. Okay? So, and he, and he lived from 1857 to 1957. And. Oh, the year I was born. Looking, I was just I was just doing a quick search. I know this is on Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't judge me, okay? Yeah. But uh, I'm looking at his famous works, and yes, her tomb is on there. But there's a couple of other interesting structures and tombs that are underneath Ooh. his list. The tomb of Lodge Number Thirty of the Benevolent and Protective Order of the Elks in the Greenwood Cemetery, in New Orleans. Oh, that big elk you see! With a beautiful you... elk. Yes, that is a oh. gorgeous. So no wonder this is one of the most. He he does beautiful work. That's not all. There's a few others. One other I want to note. He's got there's a few others on here, but there's one other I do want to note that is actually no longer exists out in public. It's the PGT Beauregard Monument. You remember that? I remember that. Out they just front get rid of that. by City yeah. Park, and it was removed on the early morning hours of May 17th, 2017. Oh, yeah. So he had actually made that as well. He created that in 1913. So 1912, this is just interesting. So just to kind of give you a 1912 was the Elks. 1913, he had actually uh, was commissioned to do the PGT Beauregard Monument. And in 1914... Here we had the Josie Arlington. Well, actually, it was it was um, it was built in uh, in 1911, the Josie Arlington tomb. I guess it was she finished in 1940. It was well, she was erected. she died in 1940. So that's when it was erected. So that's when she. But so are they they giving us the dates of when these things were placed. Yeah, she died in 1914. It's when the, the work gets placed, is what they were um, saying. So he was very prolific, actually, in the 1910s and into the 1920s. Now there's also you know ghostly rumors too. Some people claim that the statue comes to life and walks around the cemetery at night. That's kind of. I think that elk sometimes comes off the elk one as well. <laughs> <laughs> that thing does look alive when the shadows start be, moving. Now, I would not be surprised if Josie's spirit's not around there. Oh, I'm sure. If she's not haunting her house on Esplanade. She might be haunting the cemetery for them moving her body if they did. I'm sure she's pissed about it. I would be. I would be, too, yeah. She made a lot of damn good money. I mean, but especially you know, this is the premier I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, okay, I, I know, you know, they tried to erase a lot of the Storyville history. So it's really hard to find anything that's really accurate. We never know what the truth is. You know, I know we have a lot of historians out there that are stigmatized for the truth and they believe a certain thing. But who knows for sure? Because everybody was so ashamed of it. 
They mm-hmm. tore it down in the 30s and turned it into a housing project. Well, hopefully, hopefully, what, what changes light is and what hopefully does happen is you always find where there's some things that could get uncovered. So maybe somebody's letters or a journal or something's going to get... I would love to see something. There are some... I hear there's some of her, uh, like her... Um, like her, some of her chandeliers and all the, in some places around, but I'm not exactly. I mean, sure she where. might even. There may even be some record books out there that somebody now, might uncover. Our last um, uh, madam that we're going to be talking oh, yeah. about <laughs> last time. They, a lot of her stuff is still available to see. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, this um, and that that's that's going to be a real. You, you guys are in for a treat with okay, that one. She's I, a, she's really. A I good, got to since you're bringing one. up stuff and things like this in history with brothels. I have to mention, I'm going to have to talk to my partner and how he acquired it, but the actual dining chairs we have supposedly came from a brothel. So I'm going to try to find out the story behind that for you on a later podcast this okay, month. Okay, great. But we, my dining chairs are brothel chairs. Well, this was about <laughs> the picture. There's a picture of me. I think it's, I think it's on our Twitter sitting down at, uh, at Josie's tomb. And it was taken roughly about 10... I love that photo. That was a nice photo. I think it was taken in 2013. Mm. About eight years ago. It's a nice photo. And um, I, I posted it. It's on our Twitter page, you know, uh, at A Shutters. It's our Twitter. And I think I posted it on our Facebook page, too. It, got, it took it from my Facebook page. It wasn't taken with the greatest cell phone camera. So I'm one, maybe there's some kind of way it could be cleaned up and restored. Because it's, it's a picture I would like to really have looking really good, you know. Uh, and um, I, like, I used to like to go, I, I used to visit the tomb all the time. You know we got to do that. We got to drive through there and look at it. Oh, yeah. I wish you, it would be cool if we could. If we could do a podcast from there. No, I no, really no. doubt that Nethery <laughs> Cemetery would let us do that. Uh, you see, Roz is, uh, uh, Will is kind of uh, superstitious. Okay, you. And he won't you, take pictures of you graves. Just, you just outdid me on that, Barry. Okay, I, I'm into doing a lot of things. I am not going to run a podcast. A thousand people died in that hospital. Yeah. But they, this one video I was watching, the man said it was probably more like 8,000 people. He says, but still, 8,000 people dying in one space in a period of 20 years is going to have some paranoia. And they're not all they're not all disturbed or angry or anything. It just is what it is. I mean, yes, there's some that They're probably might, better off than when they were alive. There were some that were experimented on, which we do know. But, I mean, so, like somebody said, what other option did they have? I mean, well, that was, and that was the they were basically choking to death. They were choking on their own, like... There was like they were trying whatever they could on them, and I mean, it, what is for us to say unless we exactly know what would we say was right? At least they were trying. I mean, these people were some of them were on their last moment, anything to try to see what they could do, yeah. you know. And and we're talking about a time period where there was no solution yet. There were no antibiotics. There were no vaccine. There was yeah. nothing. Um, I did. I did. I was a little intrigued by the psychic woman in the documentary that we watched. I did like the fact that she was talking to, she was channeled, actually channeled a spirit. And instead of, oh my gosh, everything's so bad, or the spirit was actually like, I, I liked that we got to see the thing, and the spirit was like, 
I don't see it the way y'all are seeing it all run down. I see it as nice. It is our home. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I think that might have been, I'm not exactly sure I'd have to go, I think that might have been a spirit during the, from the 1920s or so. When 20s, it, uh, yeah. From the what they were describing, if I remember right. I don't know if the spirit said, but I think that just from what was being Well, it doesn't seem like people were mistreated as much in the turbulent. In the, in the you know, I gotta tell you guys, yeah, the reason the, why I'm so tongue-tied right now is because I was pretty dehydrated, and we actually did a little pause. It was a little cheat to run and get some water. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, what I was saying is, and that was probably from the tuberculosis yeah. ward, because the nursing home was where all the neglect was. Oh, yeah, that's where they have any. But yeah, it was talking about where it was her, her, her home or things like that. Now, I do want to talk about the room 502, 503 stuff going on, where they talk about the nurse who supposedly rumored to commit suicide. Oh, uh, yeah. And with the baby and all this there's stuff. There's no real, um, but, there's no real record of that. But this is what got me. When they showed that footage, this is what I want to get into, not so much the rumor, but the footage of 503, when they're doing... The thing with the little, I guess it was a Geiger counter, whatever yeah. they were using, and the, all the lights and flash, or whatever. Watch the questions they were asking carefully. When they asked whether, I'm not saying she didn't kill it or didn't, but when they asked the questions of did she kill herself, did she kill the child, or whatever, the lights don't light up. So she doesn't give any yes, the spirit. Now, that's not to yeah. say a spirit may not want to talk about that. One of the weird things, if I heard it right on the documentary, you need to go back if you didn't notice it was, they asked her if she had acquired TB. Wow. And if she acquired that while pregnant. Oh. You know, that adds a whole other... I have to go back and look at that, because I remember a lot about that. That that adds a whole other element into it, you know what I'm saying? And... And like I said, we don't know whether or not what she might have done. But there is a spirit there. And they did document that with the Geiger counter Mm -hmm. and all. And it was technically she did claim she was the nurse. Mm -hmm. So she did light up the lights. Yeah. So she did claim that she was that. You know, Um, it's just a question mark of once again, we're sitting with this rumor. What what was her actual death? You know, Most but I was yeah. very intrigued by when they asked her if it had something to do with the TB or did she have the TB or something like. You got to go back and look at the question if you didn't I gotta, notice. Yeah, I got to look. Yeah, in those in those lights it up, and that that was a very intriguing piece of footage that really really gets me. This is the one you sent me, right? The, the documentary you sent me. Well, no, no, I sent you another little thing, which was given just the pictures, but it was this was the one on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. If you haven't watched it, there's a documentary on Amazon. Okay, Prime. I got to watch it. The other one I was sending you was just the thing with the pictures of the oh, different faces. okay. Fa- I was sending you the faces of Waverly, <laughs> of Waverly Hills with the pictures. Um, so, so I was intrigued by that. I was definitely um, intrigued by that bit of footage. It, I mean, it's not a very large doc documentary, the one on Amazon Prime. It's probably, yeah. maybe, what, 30, 40 minutes? It's not very long. But that... That got me because I'm thinking. I saw some things on YouTube, and I kind of feel like the documentarians didn't. Yeah. My kind of problem is, is they showed that, but they really didn't discuss like I am about that little exact moment. You showed the mm. footage, but are you trying? 
that that's where I have a little problem. Are you trying to cover up the fact that she did not answer those questions? Yeah. Are are you just trying to gloss over it? Are you leaving it to quite? I'm I, I'm not trying to put that person on, yeah, that on point, like, but I thought they should have made more that, out of it. I, yeah, I didn't see this documentary, but from what you're describing, sounds like they're trying to cover something up. Well, not necessarily, or just gloss over, because they did show yeah. the footage, yeah, and it's very blatant on the footage that she um that she doesn't answer those questions about the supposed suicide. Wow. She answers yeah. other questions with the lights, but she doesn't answer those. Huh. And then she answers this other one now about that's the TV. And so, so, yes, I understand they're not psychics. They're paranormal investigators. So the only way they're able to question is through these, these more scientific tools that they're using. Yeah. But it was intriguing. I really wish they would have had a psychic at that yeah. moment with I them. I would like to go A lot of times it. when they go and do that, that annoys me when a paranormal... Inv- I, I mean, I hate... And I'm not trying to put y'all on the spot. I think it was pretty cool what y'all did do. But you need to bring a psychic with you that does channeling. Y'all, why, why was the woman that was doing the other channeling not there with y'all in the goddamn room? Who knows? If y'all gonna do it, do it right. Exactly. Let's get the full gist of what's going on. <laughs> that bothered me a little bit. I had to put my piece out there. But nonetheless, I really kind of enjoyed a lot of what was presented in that documentary. Even for as small as it was, it was a pretty... It would be really cool to do a... Um, uh, like, if we ever do a convention, if they did, they would, it would be cool to do like some kind of paranormal convention on that... Those on, on that property on those grounds, we could go visit them and we could do a they live, have it on th- we could do a live show for our patrons. <laughs> they would probably they, they probably allow it. They, they seem like they allow all kinds of stuff. You should go on their website. Well, to, yeah, you haven't got to check out the website, did you? Did you huh? I checked out the website. I didn't you? have a chance to check out the website. You need to go check out their actual website and their, their Facebook. Website. It's and in their Facebook. I, I, I really do love the people that own this. They seem very. I did read their I would like to meet page. them. And I saw a few uh, 